What is happening, everybody? Welcome to the Weekend Wrap-Up. This is a new show that I'm going to start working on and start doing every several weekends to wrap up the most recent shows. And I wish I would have done it sooner, but with all the positive feedback we've been getting and people asking, you know, questions and, hey, man, what were your thoughts about this show? What were your thoughts about that show? Um, I wanted to get into it and kind of say, all right, let's let's get together for a few minutes every weekend, whether it's three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, and just do a quick wrap. And uh, I'll give you my thoughts on these uh, episodes as well. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to start with um, our last two episodes. So uh, for those following along, we are talking about episode 12 and 13. Uh, 12 was with Justin Nice. Actually, that mix that I was just introing with uh, comes from his latest Club Killers podcast mix. So check it out. Uh, Club Killers, it's like the number one podcast for DJs and mixes and sets and all that kind of stuff. Um, Justin just released it a few weeks ago, and I think it's got probably, I don't know, it's north of 20,000 downloads, probably more like twenty five or 30,000 at least at this point. So check it out. Club Killers. Uh, was a great conversation with Justin. You know, uh, this is a guy who... Uh, has been growing here in the Cleveland scene for the last 10 years. Uh, he is almost 30 years old now. He started actually before he was in his 20s. He goes back to his high school days when he first um, started getting into the DJ uh, scene, I guess. He was going to bars, you know, not even of legal age yet. He was still not, not even graduated high school, I believe. So he was 17 years old, give or take, going into the bars and uh, working some sets and working the music. And that kind of catapulted him to more and more opportunities. In our discussion, what I thought was extremely important and instrumental, which we take away from so many of my discussions with these guests, is his uh, um, the importance that he put on networking, his relationship building, his contacts, his connections. These were the connections that he was fostering from 17, 18 years old to 20 21, 22, into his you know, early to mid-20s. And um, while he was in college initially and you know trying to find something that he enjoyed or trying to just get that paper, that degree that everybody that, you know, tells you you need to go get and society puts the pressures on you that you need to go get, um, he was still working in these bars. He was, he was going to class, but that wasn't his main focus. His main focus was working on his craft, watching videos, uh, watching YouTube videos, DJ AM and all these other DJs that were uh, inspirational to him. That's what he was focused on. And uh, I think at some point after a couple years in college, he said, man, screw it. I can't do this anymore. This is not me. I'm not happy. I have no path, no vision for this major that I'm in. And uh, he had to sit, sit down and, you know, discuss this with his folks, with his parents. I think there's a lot of uh, people that go off to college or that do other things in their life that may not truly be what they want to do, but they're doing them for somebody else or for other people or because they think they have to in order to be accepted in some way, shape, or form. So um, what, I, what I took away too here was um, how important it is to follow your passion, follow your dream, follow your vision. It might not be the same passion, dream, and vision that everyone else has for you, but that's not their life. This is your life. Justin, this was his life, and he sat his folks down and said, Hey, guys, I'm not happy. I can't do this anymore. 
And lo and behold, he said his parents were extremely supportive. So uh, I thought that was fantastic. You know, having that support system that rallies around you and says, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to stick this out and, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you're, you want to give it a shot and go for it, you know, we have your back. So, um, you know, families and, and parents especially, support your kids. If they're not doing anything that's, you know, harming themselves or that's detrimental to somebody's health or to their safety, support them. Support them. This is their life. It's a big thing. It's important. Um but, you know, back to it, Justin was obviously fostering these relationships uh, at, at a young age. And he said that that was really critical for him to continue to elevate and get into these other opportunities here in Northeast Ohio. Um, these other DJ opportunities, work in the nightclubs, different bars, different people, different opportunities um, in all different types of, you know, genres. And I think it was the relationship building that really allowed him to continue to elevate and ultimately um, gave him the opportunity to connect with the guys from Ford Hospitality Group. So uh, I think he was about 25, 26, connected up with those guys from Forward. Uh, these are the owners of uh, Forward Day and Night Club and also Magnolia Cleveland. Um, he was the DJ that you know worked the first set at Forward when they opened up several summers ago. He was there opening night. He was working. And uh, I don't want to say the rest is history because he still has a long way to go, as he'll admit, as he continues to you know, make a name for himself. But I guess the rest is history when it comes to the relationship between him and Forward because now he's uh, one of their resident DJs at both uh, establishments. And if they go to Chicago or if they go other places, he's willing to go and do, and I imagine he will, He'll be uh, he'll be following along, and you know these guys are growing together. I think it's a beautiful thing that uh, the the nightlife, the nightclub, uh, has been able to elevate the the profiles of several of their resident DJs. Justin, obviously, being one of those people, and in return, the nightclub itself, the bar itself, has also been elevated because of these talented people that they're in partnership with. So, looking forward to Justin's continued growth. I thought we had a fantastic hour-long conversation um again check him out club killers podcast it's his latest podcast it's his latest mix on this podcast um you could check it out in the episode notes episode 12 justin nice and i'll try to link it again here for uh this recap okay moving along to episode 13 with andy sims and quite honestly probably my favorite favorite uh, episodes thus far because uh, how personal it was for me. I mean, Andy and I go back quite a ways and um, to be able to share those those experiences together and kind of reflect on our journey together, um, that was real special for me. So check out uh, episode 13 if you haven't yet with Andy Sims. He's the founder of what was Players Rep Sports Management. He founded this sports agency back in 1997. And 20 years later, just last year in 2017, he sold his agency to Young Money Appa Sports. And that's Young Money Appa is A-P-A-A Sports. This is Little Wayne's agency, and uh, they represent some very, very high-profile people um, in terms of music and uh, entertainment, such as Drake, Nicki Minaj, yeah, a couple people you've probably heard of. They, uh, they've got the marketing prowess. Um, 
and the industry contacts that most other agencies do not have. And uh, it sounds like a fantastic partnership that Andy has fostered. He uh, he mentioned some of the other main players um, at the agency or at, at Young Money, particularly Cortez Bryant, who was responsible for, you know, taking Drake's career to the next level. So uh, Cortez Bryant was somebody, it sounds like, has been uh, influential. And uh, there's some other, you know, high-profile people at that company, obviously in executive positions, such as Lil Wayne himself, Mac Main, uh, Cortez Bryant, etc. So check them out, Young Money, APA Sports. Um, again, you could find them in the, uh, web- in the uh, website in the episode notes on episode 13 with Andy Sims. Uh, and uh, it sounds like they are representing approximately 40-plus players right now. So uh, excited to see what happens with this firm, Young Money APA. They made the right choice in connecting with Andy. Andy's a guy who's got a lot of experience, but he's still young. He's still, you know, 43, I think, 43 years old. So a guy who's been doing this for like 20 years, but he's still young. He's going into his prime. And I told him that at the end of the episode. I said, man, you're going into your prime You've been in this business for a long time. You've negotiated a lot of contracts. You've negotiated first-round contracts. You've negotiated, um, you know, second, third, and fourth veteran contracts. You've negotiated $40, $50 million for some of the guys like Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, um, et cetera. Lane Johnson was the fourth pick in the draft. I told Andy, you're going into your fucking prime, man. It's time to – you've got the backing of young money – You've got 20 years of experience. You know how to recruit. You know how the, to relate to the guys. It's time, man. It's time for you to do all you can to represent the first pick in the draft. And I gave him that goal, and I said, you better do it. So I gave him five years. He said, can I can I represent like just a top five pick? I said, yeah, yeah, you can. But I want to see you represent the first pick because I believe in you, and I believe in the company and the backing that you have. So we'll see what happens. Um some other things that you'll take away from the episode real quick. Uh, we went back in our recruiting trails. And again, these recruiting stories really is what made the episode special for me. Some of the names we dropped. These were all of our clients. Larry Grant, Lamar Miles, Ron Brace, Cody Brown, Bradley Fletcher, London Fryer, Curtis Hamilton, Amari Spave, Akwasi Awusuansa, Doran Dickerson, and of course the Doran story. Check it out. It's This is the dark side of the business. Um, because Doran actually fired us during the draft as he was continuing to slide down the draft boards. He thought he was a top 100 pick, and um, his face was on the screen the whole time on Mel Mel Kuyper's top pick available, and his face was on the screen for hours. So during those dark hours, guess what? Other agents are calling him and saying, hey, man, what the hell are your agents doing for you? Lo and behold, those those, uh, we'll call them people. I want to give him a different term, but these these people that were calling him, damn well knew that the teams, you know, saw him as a hybrid player and he didn't have a true position. But the dirty dark side of the business is let's call the player while the player is down and out and try to put some form of doubt in his mind that his agents didn't do a good job. And that's what they did with Doran, and it worked. Um, but Doran did admit years later, according to Andy, that he made a mistake and he kind of got duped by the whole thing. But Again, check that part of the episode out, Doran Dickerson. Uh, Bill Stahl, Selvish Capers, Brian Roll. These are the draft picks or some of our undrafted guys that we talked about briefly throughout the show. 
Um, some of the draft picks that were not mentioned, uh, the ones that Andy and I represented together, I wanted to make sure we mentioned their names now since we uh, kind of overlooked that, was Brandon Myers um, and Johnny Patrick. So those are the other two guys that were uh, part of our group, part of the guys that Andy and I went, I went after, successfully recruited and signed and represented um, in the NFL. We also highlighted some of the players that we did not get. And uh, some of those guys were Greg Orton from Purdue, Michael Orr and Jamarcus Sanford at Ole Miss, Torrey Smith, Maryland, Adrian Claiborne, Iowa, and Brian Hartline, Ohio State. And uh, talking about those things really reminded me of how cutthroat and competitive uh, the business is. I obviously know it, but you know when you go back and you talk about it, you rehash it, you start getting those feelings again, going, oh my God, man. This is a fucking crazy business, and and it is because you feel like you have the guy. You're so close. You you know you you get you get through the first round and the second round of of recruiting. The third round, usually the parents come in, and you're you know you're in that final two or three firms, and you're you're feeling great. You've been talking to the player for three months, four months, six months, maybe even a full year at this point. You're on it. We're gonna get him. And then you get the phone call, and he tells you he's going with somebody else. And that's a that's a very devastating feeling when you put all that time, money, effort, and emotional, um, you know, the emotional investment into that whole thing. So uh, the competitive nature, the cutthroat nature of the business, just to give you an idea, there's 900 approximately uh, agents registered with the NFL Players Association. There's only like 250 draft picks a year. And the top firms are going to probably represent a total of 100 of those 250. Take the top 10 firms. They're probably going to represent around, I don't know, on average, 8 to 12 draft picks each. So for round numbers, uh, you know, you've got 150 players left for everybody else. And that's not a good number in terms of ratio. Um, What's also tough about the business is... The business model for rookies, when it comes to signing a rookie player and having to put in the money for the combine training, putting up in a hotel, you know, meal plans, marketing, stipend, and, you know, product, all this other stuff that you're getting the players, you end up spending anywhere from 25000 on the low end to probably 50000 plus. And most of the guys that you're doing that for, I mean, there's a good, good chance that a lot of them are not going to make it. And most of them, if the ones that do make it, are, are probably not going to make the biggest dollars unless they're like a high first round pick. You're not going to get a return on that investment until years four, five, and beyond. So you got to, you know, you're really investing for the future and there's so many uncertainties, which is why the barrier to entry into the business is so tough, which is why so many agents fizzle out, which is why the other ones that are in that have done a good job, that have been able to sustain, continue to grow and sustain. And Andy is one of those people. You must have sustaining power. You must have the pipeline built. And if you don't, like Andy said, you're out of business in a few years. So while they've got 40-plus clients, those guys that are getting into their 30s are going to, you know, they could fall off at any time. He needs to build the pipeline. He needs to build the pipeline for the next five years, for the next 10 years. And I have no question, no doubt in my mind, that with the backing of Little Wayne, his agency, all of the contacts that these people have, Andy's history, his group of agents, and all the people that they're surrounded with, we will undoubtedly see uh, Young Money Appa Sports become one of the top, you know, few firms in the entire industry. I'm hopeful to see that in the next, you know, three to five years. Um, 
and that was it, man. That was it. That's kind of a recap. Like I said, both uh, my conversations, episodes 12 and 13, were, were fascinating, completely different industries. Uh, my uh, Obviously, my conversation with Andy was very personal because we were able to reflect on all the successes we had and some of the failures we had or some of the things that we learned along the way. And uh, this is just the beginning. Um, that said, please check us out, subscribe, and give us the five-star rating if you would. That will help us elevate within iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and uh, share the episodes. Please share them with your friends. Text them to your friends. Tell them to take a listen. If, you, if there's anything that we can do better, um, shoot me a message. You can always contact me directly on Instagram um, or even on Facebook through the Facebook page. Just shoot me a message. We're, we want feedback. We want to hear what you guys think so we can continue to make the show as best as we could. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for much more to come. Take care, guys.